What's going on, guys? And welcome to another edition of the Deep South Podcast, brought to you by the Pulse Podcast Network. As you know, my name is Landon, and you can find me at Hot Pelicans Takes on Twitter. And we're going to be talking some Pelicans action today. As you know, it's been an up-and-down season so far for the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, Before this point, they had a while where they're exchanging wins and losses, not being able to gain any consistency um, so far on the season. And then more more recently, they've taken quite a plummet in the Western Conference standings, finding themselves currently at the 14th spot in the Western Conference, only having a better record in the West than the Phoenix Suns. And that comes as a result of their five-game losing streak that they went on. And um, really just a rough stretch for the team. Uh, we know about their injury concerns that they've had all year, similar to some other teams, but they've they've still suffered from injuries. They've had the defensive struggles um, and just the lack of death, depth overall on this team um, has come to haunt them during this season and specifically in that five-game losing streak. Um, but we have seen things look up more recently, and um, that's what we're going to talk about Today, since we have some uh, things of note that we can talk about and some key performances um, that, you know, we we saw something different from this team and we saw some positive aspects of the team that we weren't seeing before. Um, I wasn't doing a lot of recaps for just because it seemed like I was singing the same song every single week because the team was suffering from the same problems. And um, and in the post-game interviews and things like that, Alvin Gentry uh, was kind of just regurgitating the same uh, sentiments after each game and, and it kind of just got tiring and um, and from what I saw too you know I was seeing the same things um, that he was seeing just with the eye test watching the games you know like not being able to finish games the defense overall um, and just not having enough playmakers on the floor um, to keep the offense going to steady the offense when things um, start to slow down and kind of bog down a bit on the offensive end Um just as well as having people playing outside of their roles and, and needing to get that their roles more solidified uh, so that they can be more comfortable and, and play to their strengths a little bit more. Um, so those are the things that we've noticed and why uh, they went on that five-game losing streak recently. But um, we're going to talk about the most recent game that the Pelicans played, uh, which was yesterday against the Minnesota Timberwolves in a game where Anthony Davis um, at a um, – a quick game time decision that they made. Um, nobody expected that Anthony Davis wasn't going to be playing in this one. He wasn't on the injury report or anything like that. But at game time, it was announced um, that he was not going to be playing in the game due to illness. Um, I know they've had some uh, flu-like symptoms and things that have been kind of circulating around the locker room. Um, from what I've heard with the Pelicans, uh, Darius Miller was another guy who was dealing with it. I believe Miritich had a, a similar kind of illness earlier in the year. So it's just kind of a bug that's been going around the locker room. And uh, unfortunately, uh, it found its way to our, our best player in Anthony Davis, and he wasn't able to play in this game. But um, it, did, it didn't seem to matter for the Pelicans in this one, though. Um, a surprising victory, 123-114 to over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, in a game where I was pretty much just penciling this one in as a loss, um, even though the Timberwolves, after the Jimmy Butler era, they've kind of been up and down. They went on a little uh, run when he first when he first left the team. They had a, a couple games where they were able to pull out wins um, in the post-Jimmy Butler era with their new acquisitions in uh, Dario Saric and Robert Covington. And... Um, 
And they were able to get a few wins after that, but more or less they've slowed down for sure. Um, they're kind of outside of the playoff picture looking in, similar to the Pelicans. And, um, and you know, just kind of a team that's going to be hovering around 500 to slightly below 500. Uh, and it was a winnable game for the Pelicans. Um, but I didn't know how winnable it was going to be without Anthony Davis in the lineup. And, um, and so I did just kind of... Um, count the Pelicans out of this one and pencil it in as a loss but um but that was wrong of me because the Pelicans were able to pull out a win here um so let's talk about some big performances from the night because we had a lot of people step up in Anthony Davis's absence to uh, to get this win and the big story is Julius Randle in this one he had a pretty monster game um without Anthony Davis in the lineup he uh was able to get a lot of the touches a lot of the shots up taking 23 shots on the night being aggressive all night uh and he was able to Put up a stat line of 33 points, 11 rebounds, and 3 assists. Um, he was he shot 13 of 23 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3-point range, which is pretty impressive. Shoot 50% from 3 in that game, and also 5 of 6 from the free throw line. So in Anthony Davis's absence, um, they were getting Randall going, getting him down low um, in stride. Um, he was able to get some really good pocket passes um, and things inside going to the going to the basket from Elford Payton and, and Drew Holiday. Um, specifically Drew Holiday, they've had pretty good chemistry um, throughout the year. He's been able to find Randall uh, cutting to the rim and things like that. Um, but now having two playmakers um, on the court last night, which I'll talk about in a little bit, uh, with Elford Payton getting back into the lineup, um, it seemed to really open things up for Randall. Um, he got a lot of open looks in this one. It was just being aggressive and driving to the rim, um, and he was getting some contact. He had uh, a few free throws in there as well. Um, so he was had a monster game in this one. Drew Holiday had a good game as well. Um, he had a 26-point outing with four rebounds and eight assists. He went two of three from three-point range, which is just great to see from Drew Holiday, um, who's kind of struggled on the year. He's only shooting around 31% uh, below the, the league average right now for, for three-pointers. Um, so it's good to see him get, get going from three. Um, also, uh, even some more surprising than that, eight of eight from the free-throw line. Um, Drew Holiday never been a player that's known for his um, being able to draw contact. Um, he usually tries to avoid the contact. He's very acrobatic around the rim and just kind of finds ways to, to get the ball in the basket when he gets inside. But he was able to draw some contact in this one and didn't miss a free throw, going 8 for 8 from the free throw line. So it's great to see him drawing some contact, being aggressive inside like he does so well. Um, he did have five turnovers, turnovers in this game. He contributed five to the... 15 total turnovers from the Pelicans, so not great to see there. Um, hopefully with Peyton back in the lineup and playing a bigger role, um, his minutes will eventually go up back to where they were, you know, around the, the 34, 35 minute per game mark, I assume, which is going to be all, uh, only going to benefit Drew Holiday, um, just not having to have the ball in his hands as much. He can he can focus a little more on playing defense, save a little bit of his energy um, you know, on the offensive end and trying to get people involved. He can exert more energy on the defensive end. So that's really what we want to see. Hopefully the turnovers will go down um, now that he has Elford Payton in the lineup to alleviate some of those playmaking duties from him. Um, some other good performances in the game. Uh, Etwan Moore in the past few games has kind of had um, a little bit of a bounce back. He was struggling a lot when his role changed. Uh, the Pelicans transitioned to having him on the bench, and they put Solomon Hill in the starting lineup. And uh, it just did not bode well for Etwan Moore's confidence. 
Uh, but in the last few, he's been able to get it done. He had 17 in this one, uh, three of four from the three-point line. That's really what we need there. Um, Darius Miller had a huge contribution off of the bench in this one. He had 21 points uh, in a really efficient night for him as well, going 7 of 11 from the uh, from the field with 5 of 8 from three-point range, um, and even had a couple free throws as well that he hit both of. So, um Really good to see Miller getting confident um, and, and getting contributions from our bench when Anthony Davis was not in the lineup. We did outscore um, the Timberwolves bench 31-18 to in this one, which is just really great to see, especially when Anthony Davis isn't in the lineup. Um, the fact that they were able to step up, they were able to get some offensive contributions they may not have normally uh, gotten. Uh, with the full lineup in and, and people just feeling like they needed to step up in the absence of Anthony Davis. It's just really good to see them step up and get this win um, and just really take over um, and establish a lead late in the fourth quarter that would eventually translate to winning the game. Um, yeah, so that's some big performances from the night. Let's talk about a couple uh, team stats that of note. The Pelicans shot really great in this one. The offense was the the story of the game. Um, the defense did kind of just enough to get the win, you know. But the but the um, the shooting was really um, what stuck out in this one in the efficiency. Um, they shot 52% overall, which is pretty good, you know, from the field, um, and 56% from the three-point line, which is pretty astounding, considering the Pelicans have struggled from three all year. They're um, about middle in the pack in terms of shooting threes and, and in terms of three-pointers made. They're, uh, you know, they they the numbers look okay, but in terms of keeping people honest, they just don't have a ton of people on the roster that are going to keep people honest from three. Your best shooters on the roster are Etwan Moore and Nikola Miritich, who's been out of the lineup. So really you're relying on Etwan Moore, Darius Miller, guys like that to to um, to um give you contributions from three. And the other guys uh, that aren't normally shooting threes are asked to shoot more threes than they normally would, like Julius Randle, who was able to go two of four from three in this game. Um, you know, like Anthony Davis, who's been able to shoot about league average from three. Um, and then Drew Holiday, who's kind of struggled from three so far. So you're asking people who don't have the three-point shot as um, their strong suit or, you know, heavy aspects of their game um, and asking them those guys to shoot more threes, which is just not going to go over well. Um, so it's going to be great to get Miritich back in the lineup and get his shooting back because his spacing helps everybody else on the court, um, especially Anthony Davis and whoever his front court mate is when he's out there with Anthony Davis or Julius Randle. It really helps um, opening up the offense and spacing everything out when he's out there uh, giving his three-point shooting because he really keeps the defense honest. Um, but they were able to shoot pretty well in this game. Uh, they shot 90% from the free throw line as well, um, which they – are typically in the past have been a pretty decent uh, free throw shooting team. Haven't been as good this year. Um, I think just the personnel and implementing some guys that aren't the best from the line, like Julius Randle, he's like right around 70% uh, from the line, I believe. So so um, they were able to be efficient there and, and make good use of their chances at the free throw line in this one. Um, and then they controlled the fast break. Uh, they won in fast break points 24-19. to 19. And the pace and everything just looked way better having Elford Payton on the on the floor. Let's talk about that um, and getting him in. So Elford Payton came back in this game. Um, he was suffering from a broken finger. 
um, that he experienced earlier in the year. He played the first four games for the Pelicans um, before going down with an injury. Um, went out for a few games and came back, and then in that first game, in the first like eight minutes of the game, um, he broke his finger and was ruled out for the next like five or six weeks or something like that. Um, so really tough to see. Really tough to see that, but we do have him back now. We have our starting point guard, Elford Payton, back in the lineup. And you could just see the difference it made on the court. Even though his numbers um, don't look too flashy, he had nine points and six assists in the game. Um, he, wasn't very, he wasn't very efficient in his first game back. He only went three of nine from the field. But his impact was just... Um, you could just see it, you know. You could just see how much the team changed, how much the chemistry and just the ball movement out on the court changed, um, and really the the pace and everything. Excuse me, the pace and the the ball movement just looked so much better with him on the court. It was contagious. Um, you know, he's really good at pushing the pace. Um, he's always trying to attack the rim in transition. He's He's always looking to drive and kick uh, before the defense is even ready to get set up. That was like one of his first um, scoring plays in the game. Um, he the defense was trying to get back, and instead of uh, going out to the perimeter to to call a play or, or you know trying to pass it out to the corner, he just went straight to the rim and exposed the the breakdown of the defense and got an easy layup. And that's just kind of the things that Alfred Payton can do. He's going to attack the rim with his dribble uh, dribble penetration. One of the better um, guard rim finishers in the league um just efficiency wise he's in the top five in that regard in the past few years so he's able to attack the rim and attack off the dribble and that's really what we're going to need from him um so that helps the defense um obviously just having another playmaker out there moving drew holiday to the two so that he won't have to handle all those playmaking duties like he has been that helps a ton as well um so it's really good to have that he steadies the offense late in the game. You know, um, the Pelicans have had trouble finishing games lately in terms of clutch time. The Pelicans have the last uh, net rating in the league. They're dead last. They're the 30th team in terms of net rating in crunch time um, and in clutch time of games. So obviously that you know that's indicative of the fact that they're just not able to finish games offensively. Um, you know, their defense does sure up in the second half of games. Um, the if you look at the splits for each quarter in terms of defensive rating, um, in the second half, the the Pelicans are a top 10 defensive team in the second half um, in terms of def- uh, team defensive rating, um, which just goes to show that it's a lack of effort in the first half, and hopefully uh, getting everybody back, you know, getting the whole team healthy and everything will give this team some um, some intrinsic motivation, you know, to to keep going um, and to battle more to start games. But they've been better lately. Um, but in terms of the offense late in games, uh, they'd have the you know the worst net rating in the league. And I think that's just because they don't have a floor general. They don't have a point guard that can come steady the offense and get you open looks late in games. Uh, the Pelicans seem to resort a lot to either – uh, ISO basketball, where it's just kind of Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis doing what they can, or uh, Julius Randle in the mix as well, just kind of taking people off the dribble, seeing if they can get to the basket, which gets really predictable after a while, and teams know kind of just to clog the paint against us because that's the only way we can score most of the time uh, with the lack of three-point shooting uh, and lack of 
respected three-point shooters on the team. Um, so, so most teams just know that they can just clog the paint on us and we're not going to be able to score, um, especially when we have a very ISO-heavy offense late in games. And we also settle a lot for three-pointers and long two-pointers, um, especially Anthony Davis, which could be a scheming thing. Um, I know a few games ago, uh, I'm not sure which game it was. I can't remember off the top of my head, but Al- Al- um I don't know if this was a play that Alvin Gentry called, but Anthony Davis had two three-pointers in a row late in the game to uh, to try to tie the game or take the lead, um, and he missed both of them. It, it's just not his strong suit. I don't know why, um, if that is, in fact, Alvin Gentry's game plan. I don't know why he's insistent on trying to give Anthony Davis three-pointers, even if they're open, honestly. Um, he can make them throughout the game and the flow of the game and everything, but when it comes to crunch time, he's not a consistent enough three-point shooter to where he's going to make it when it really, really counts, make it in, um, you know, contested or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, we just need to not settle as much offensively, and hopefully Elfer Payton will be able to help us with that, um, just his ability to drive and kick to, uh, to get the defense on their heels and then be able to make a play um, just because of the, you know, how prolific of a passer he is. Um, so hopefully that will just do wonders for this team. And then in terms of his defense, um, we saw – the his ability to play defense in the first four games when we went four and zero at the beginning of the season and his perimeter defense is pretty is pretty good. Um, his defense looks so much better than it did uh, in his time in Orlando and even in his time in Phoenix. Um, just I think you know just lack of effort had contributed to that and playing on teams that are just kind of playing for the lottery. They're not really playing for any uh, you know winning basketball they're not trying to get to the playoffs there's nothing they're shooting for they're just kind of trying to get the best draft pick and continue rebuilding and um and you know that's that they're not trying to win basketball games uh but now that Alfred Payton is in a winning situation hopefully the Pelicans can get back to a winning situation um his perimeter defense has been good he's able to He's, you know, he got the lateral quickness and the length to be able to stay in front of guys, um, to be able to cut off the baseline, not let them get to the rim, and and when he does let them get past him, he's able to divert them, you know, to the middle to a, a rim protector. And um, too often we have people on the the perimeter that just can't defend, they can't stop anybody, um, or they're just missing rotations and letting people get cuts to the rim. And, uh, and that just can't happen. But I think that having more length on the perimeter and better perimeter defenders overall on the wing is only going to help the team because it's going to force people into taking those threes that they don't want to take. Um, they're not just going to get all those easy looks inside, and especially when Anthony Davis is having to go out and help on the perimeter because of that lack of perimeter defense. Um, it really just keeps a big, you know, just a big glaring hole um, in the paint, and that's why we've been giving up so many paint points to opposing offenses. So hopefully Peyton will be able to help with that. But um, it's really great to have him back in the lineup. And, um, and I mean, the results have already spoken for themselves. We're currently 6-1 and one, uh, when Alfred Peyton is in the lineup, and the one loss that we uh, had with Peyton was without, without Anthony Davis in the lineup. So... It really just speaks for itself, the, the results that we've gotten with Alfred Payton, and hopefully that can continue, um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, El, um, Nikola Miritich is still out with injury as well. He had a sprained ankle that he suffered, and uh, and he's been out for a couple weeks now. 
Um, so hopefully he'll be getting in the uh, in the lineup soon. Gentry um, has seemed like, uh, based on what he's expressed about it, it seems like he's going to be coming back uh, within the next few games, if not next game, uh, probably the game after that for sure. Um, but he should be pretty close, and, and he's feeling good lately. So so hopefully we'll get him back, and then we'll have a fully healthy roster, and we'll really be able to see what we have with this Pelicans team. So last thing we're going to talk about is getting back into the playoff picture. Um, so as you know, as I said earlier um, at the top of the podcast, the Pelicans find themselves at 14th in the Western Conference um, with the, a record that's only better than the Phoenix Suns in the West. And um, the Pelicans are going to have to go on a run to, to be able to get back in playoff contention. I mean, there's no way around it. They're going to have to put together a significant string of wins in order to get back in the playoff picture. Um, we've suffered this year so much from uh, inconsistency, like exchanging wins and losses, just going back and forth. And then we've had two uh, significant win uh, losing streaks as well. We had a six-game losing streak early in the year after Alfred Payton went down, and then we most more recently had the five-game losing streak. Um, and, you know, obviously you can't have any more of those uh, kinds of streaks, you know, in the negative direction uh, if you want to get back in playoff contention. And the Pelicans are going to have to put more uh, stretches together like this one. Um, we've won two of our last three, but, but it's going to take more than that. We're, we're going to have to start getting, uh, you know, winning four of our last five games, five of our last six games six of our last eight games. You just have to get some stretches like that and build some sort of consistency um, if they want to get back and play off contention. And hopefully um, getting people back from injury and getting this roster healthy is going to help people um, be more solidified in their roles that they had set out at the beginning of the year. Everybody's going to know their job. On the team, um, we were able to figure out um, you know, kind of some – role players and some guys on the team that didn't get a lot of run earlier in the year that we that we know we can assert more um, and give them some more minutes like Frank Jackson for instance he's given some energy off the bench been able to come in and uh, and make some plays with the ball able to uh, score a little bit he does hit the three-point shot which is good as well um, and Jaleel Okafor has been quite a surprise in the last few games. Um, he's been getting more run and had a few starts as well. He did have foul trouble in this last game, so he only scored uh, seven points, I believe, against the Timberwolves uh, due to foul trouble. But um, before that, he had a couple really good performances, some double-digit performances, and he can basically score at will in the paint. Um, there's not many people that can guard him in the paint. He's really powerful. He's sort of has that bully ball uh, like Julius Randle in him where he can just like battle people down, score through contact, and um, and he was able to do that in the last few games. So he's kind of solidified a role with the team as well. Um, but hopefully getting Alfred Payton back, getting Nikola Mirotic back is going to get people more comfortable in their roles, knowing what their role is um, from game to game, and, uh, and being able to solidify the rotation I think will really help this team out in the long run. But it's going to take a significant run, uh, a significant stretch of, uh, of winning basketball games if this team wants to get back in playoff contention. Um, and it's going to start here. We have a pretty easy stretch um, with our next few games being against teams that are you know, around 500 to to uh, non-playoff teams currently in the standings uh, with our next game being against the Brooklyn Nets, which should be a very winnable game, especially if Anthony Davis is back in the lineup. 
Um, so we'll just see what happens with this easier stretch. If we can uh, take advantage of these teams that are out of contention right now or under 500. Um, if we can get the wins against these teams and then get everybody back healthy, get some chemistry and consistency going, um, and then hopefully we'll have enough camaraderie and, and um, you know, just having people's roles solidified so we can start um, beating, you know, some of the better teams in the Western Conference. Like, we've been able to do this season. Um, like, we've beaten the Oklahoma City Thunder already. We've beaten uh, the Houston Rockets. We've beaten the Toronto Raptors out east, the best team in the east. Um, so hopefully we can get back to our winning ways and uh, and we can gain some consistency on the season through just getting this roster healthy, uh, getting some uh, roles more solidified um, so everybody can know what their job is from game to game. And then just getting um, some better stretches in terms of winning games. You know, more, not uh, not exchanging wins and losses, but more of those uh, winning five of six and um, and six of seven and things like that. So um, that'll do it for this edition of the Deep South Podcast, brought to you by the Pulse Podcast Network. My name is Landon, and as you know, you can find me on Twitter at Hot Pelicans Takes. And please interact with us on Twitter. Send us your questions and topics um, for our podcast episodes, and we'll address those on the pod. As well as give us a like, subscribe to the podcast, or follow us on Apple Podcast or on Podbean. And check out the website as well. Um, our podcast is also available on PulsePodcastNetwork.com, where you can find our podcast as well as plenty of other podcasts covering an array of topics Um through the network so please check our podcast out as well as every other podcast at the pulse podcast network and you have been listening to the deep south podcast bringing you your coverage of pelicans lsu tigers and new orleans saints by fans for fans my name is landon again and you can find me on twitter at hot pelicans takes and have a good week pelicans fans